0: We have such sights to show you.
1: Bring the motherfucking ruckus!
0: Fuck you too! Yes, get yourself, get yourself situated. Get all of your get all of your things. And this is this is advice for everyone. Everyone get yourself situated. Gather all of your things. Uh, by things I mean a nice a nice bevy. And of course uh a, sm- a smoking uh, weed paraphernalia mm. and uh, some good vibes because today's episode, live from the United States, Pennsylvania more specifically, I have the New Zealander herself, Kitty okay. aka Taurus Filth. Go, golf golf claps golf <laughs> golf claps golf claps golf claps yes
1: kyoda, kyoda, hi. yes 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: and and that is kia ki, say it for teach me teach me to say it
1: uh, uh okay so so it's kia ora, kia ora but with the r's you kind of got to have like a, a duh, like um a, a duh noise yeah so kia ora but kia ora, kia ora it ki kind ora. of becomes one whole thing of kyota yeah uh, am, I, am i
0: saying that correctly kyota
1: so okay so the vowels in, the vowels in kyoto are a e i o u yeah yeah so so the ah. so kyot kyota kyota yeah 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 all <laughs> yeah, right that's better <laughs>
0: i am I'm, I'm learning
1: kapai <laughs> um
0: uh, we we have had a fucking week um, I want to do a brief recap of the week <clears throat> and, the, and the time that I've shared with you, um, in trying to give you what I think is a perfect snapshot of Pennsylvania in the month of October, when things are getting spooky and fun, um, but also giving you a taste of where I live, things specific to this geographic, and um, the the first thing the first thing I got to talk about. When I picked you up at the airport, mm-hmm. it was on the later side for for businesses around here. Uh, so I took you to Wawa's mutant sibling sheets, <laughs> where everything is fried and you could get everything on everything. And um, your your statement biting into the wrap that you made was, "Oh, it's wet." <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't even remember saying that but okay okay a
0: hundred (laughs) percent and then i made you try a macaroni and cheese bite Mm. and you you literally went (laughs) and said i've never had something so fake in my life (laughs) and you like forcefully it's a three bite little little thing so like you get a corner then the middle then another corner and you took one bite, and then you fought yourself to consume the rest of it, where I continuously told you, my dog is sitting right there. Don't feel like you can't just give it to her, because she will 100% eat it. And then what did I say? I said, I'm you here said for
1: the experience! You said it's
0: all a part of the experience, which is which is a, a phrase that carried over into the rest of the week. Um, we We hung out again, and then we got cali burrito Mm. we did uh steak steak burritos and you said wow everything you guys and cheese yeah wow you guys just really like to do overdo it with the cheese and i said just you wait just you wait (laughs) i haven't showed you yet and then um i also appreciated that you called salsa sauce (laughs) did i yeah, you called it sauce a bunch, and I was like, "I like that. Oh. I'm gonna call it sauce now."
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I know that you. I know that it also might have just been how you were saying salsa. Ah,
1: oh no, oh, they no, yeah, I was saying salsa.
0: Yeah, it sounded oh, like maybe sauce. I
1: mumbled. Oh, okay. It sounded
0: like sauce to me, and I loved that. Okay. So it's now sauce.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, then we did a uh, uh, buffalo chicken cheese steaks. Oh my god! And it was really hard for me to try and. Describe the taste of it because you were like, "Oh yeah, we have hot sauces back home," but I don't know. Like, there's a difference between like a hot sauce and buffalo sauce. So that was that was something I felt like I was trying to. We were trying to define it, um, but I'm not going to get into it. That was a moment we shared, and I'm only doing a quick recap. Um, then we did Yakos. Yep, Yakos is a hot dog place and you, you moaned in pleasure
1: <laughs> when
0: you took that first bite, you literally went, Oh wow. <laughs> and it was great.
1: I fist punched the air and everything. Yeah.
0: She got amped. How, she started doing the whole yuckers. Rocky thing. Yeah. And was um, my happy
1: food dance. Um, I'm definitely going to be buying a handful of them to take. With me <laughs> There's
0: one next to the airport. Yes. There's one next to the yeah, airport. Cool, cool, you're cool, within cool. you're within walking or Ubering distance of the one that's be. next to the airport. Yeah, I see. Um, I mean, absolutely I... go get it again. Yeah. Um but but you told me a story. Tell, tell the tell the story about the Kentucky fried chicken.
1: Kentucky fried chicken. Oh shit.
0: With the, oh, with yeah, the so,
1: so back yeah. back in the day uh, when KFC came to New Zealand. Samoans would fly over, visit family that had already come over to Aotearoa, buy a whole buttload, a caseload of KFC, stuff it in the suitcases and in the overhead compartments, and took it over with them back to the rest of the family uh, (laughs) in Samoa.
0: (laughs) How fucking great is that story? Like, And then naturally, in telling that story... She then followed it up by saying, "That's gonna be my Yakos," <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Oh, you're just gonna like buy another suitcase <laughs> and fill it worth of Yakos hot dogs."
1: Okay, maybe not to that extent, but you know, I'm. going to... But maybe
0: a couple in the uh, a couple in the current suitcase. Yeah, I'll see you have. if I can
1: fit six in my carry on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... Do yourself a favor and buy like Tupperware or something, because yeah. that that tinfoil isn't gonna yeah. last uh, TSA. <laughs> Uh, pre-check for you. Yeah. Um, but it's really funny because for, for the uninformed, Yakko's hot dogs, what they do is they mix the chili, the mustard, and the onion into a, into a sauce. Mm. And then they lather the hot dog with it. I just sneezed unceremoniously <laughs> and made the most awkward face I probably could have ever made. Anyway... Um, I bit my tongue.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's what was happening, okay.
0: <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I bit my tongue. <laughs> anyway, um, then, uh, uh, we went to, uh, the Waldorf Estate, which is where they filmed the four Hell House movies, uh, independent horror films. Um, I don't think they're any particularly good but Alley Cat and Django Phillips apparently are fans of at least the first one. Hmm. So maybe I'll go back and I'll rewatch the first one because I don't remember a single goddamn thing. Yeah. Um all that I remember is the title card, which is that clown that we ran into in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So um I had uh you you had been through like a haunted house before, but this was like this was me trying to say, like, this is a local attraction. Mm. People put money and time into this. Yeah. The acting is fantastic. Yeah. The the costume work is great. Mm. And they <laughs> they do a haunted house. They do a movie scene walkthrough through a cornfield with various Halloweens, The Ring, uh, It... Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Children of the Corn.
1: I haven't done so much running and screaming.
0: <laughs> that that is exactly what I was going to get into. Is that we we let Kitty lead in the house because we wanted her to get the experience. But what's crazy is the house is so disorienting um, that we often got shuffled in our in our order a bunch. And it definitely happened more when we went through a corn maze with two other women who were just in line, as they all uh, linked arms and took <laughs> off sprinting away from uh, Bubba, aka Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, leaving me uh, <laughs> pulling up my pants and trying to and trying to follow. Um, Look, we were
1: falling backwards into the corn. They
0: literally ran into and the corn, and she just corn. linked
1: arms with me, and she's like, "We're fucking going!" Yeah. and I wanted to look behind us to see what was happening, but she was on a mission. Like, yeah, that chainsaw was coming up fast behind us.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that's that's a pure f- fight or flight moment oh, yeah. that was enacted in that in that time frame. Yeah, and you were just taken by it, and that's <laughs> yep. just what happened. Yeah, um, it's it's really funny to see someone who's never really had those experiences before, uh, go through that. So, uh, I genuinely appreciate you being a trooper and enjoying that. Yeah. Um, we did do like this little zombie walkthrough thing, but it was very, uh, over, uh, overcomplicated and kind of, uh, annoying. <laughs> and, yeah. and by that point I was also tired of walking. My feet hurt. So I was just kind of done. Um, it was okay. In order, that house is fucking awesome. Yes. That house is the reason why you go there. Anyone who wants to see a cool attraction and is in the local area, um, it's in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. Um, it's the Waldorf Estate of Fear, and you can you can look it up because it is where they have filmed the Hell House LLC movies. Anyway,
1: yeah, that was a good time. Highly recommend.
0: And then Saturday came.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Saturday, we made the quickest run ever to Spirit Halloween, um, and then uh, we got pizza. Mm. And pizza was real cheesy, and again, <laughs> and again, she went, "Oh, that's a lot of cheese." <laughs> That's the, definitely a lot of cheese. The sauce is The, were sauce, your exact was made, the sauce and
1: the crust made up for it. So yeah, I gave it a good hone. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's a, The reason I like that place is because it's a sweet sauce. It's a sweet tomatoey sauce. Yeah, yeah. So it's very it basiled. You know, it's very well uh, seasoned. Um, I love the way our pizzas are done over here. Mm. When you go to Chicago, if you have an a an, Ability to try a deep dish Completely oh, yeah. different experience It's like a pie Yeah Full full of tomato sauce over Okay there. So right. the cheese is the minimal And the sauce is thick as fuck
1: Okay Cool cool
0: Um Very different But I'm I'm partial to what I grew up with Which is You take a bite And the cheese Like strings out Away from your face As yeah. you're trying to eat it Um Like a cartoon Yeah Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles More specifically Um And then we had the party Mmm what do you remember about the party?
1: <laughs> I remember uh, meeting some of them, getting into some uh, conversations. Apologies uh, if I was too drunk, but I think I think I composed myself well. Of course and... you did. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like such a cool, manic, fun time for me meeting people in person.
0: I think and... what you said was it's. It's surreal to hear everyone talking, hear yeah. all the voices, yeah. and realize that you were surrounded by like everyone <laughs> you've listened to on the show before. Yeah. Because even just going down the line real quick of who was there, Cannibal Siren, Where Am I, Punxsutawney Trill, Deputy Dewey, Strawberry Shortcake, My Brother, Spum, Mr. Skelly Bones, A Bunch of Baby Ducks, Harold Heavy Hands, Alley Cat, and Mark Rooster.
1: That was a good time. All of
0: those people were there. Yeah. And oh Midnight Bride, Afternoon Groom, they were Shout there out. as well. Love you guys. We also went to breakfast with them. It was very delicious. Um That's just so cool. <laughs> yeah. And you also fucking surprised me with something when you showed up, which is the tattoo of our <laughs> title card on your wrist. <laughs> That is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. It is going to go with me to my grave that someone beat me to getting a tattoo of our show. Because I've always told myself that I want to do, like, a Captain Death portrait of some kind. Yeah. Like an an actual painting and then get it tattooed like on my back or something. <laughs> yeah. Um as like an identifying symbol in case my body washes up on a beach someday. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ah, that's who it was. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Captain Death, you are now officially dead. Um it's just I I the simplicity of it is great. Mm. Because the execution was <laughs> you've been sticking poking at yourself. Yeah. It looks clean as fuck.
1: <laughs> the lines are still a bit messy, but... It's yeah.
0: clean as fuck. When I... I did a stick and poke for this arrow right here. Yeah. I, I was... I was... Uh, I was too incensed as a child, and I said, I can't afford a tattoo, so I'm going to do one myself. Yeah. Um, you can't tell because the guy took a real thick line and just went over all oh, the stick I and see. poke. Yeah. But I had freehanded that.
1: Nice. Next before job.
0: before he took a gun to it, yeah. But um, it definitely pulled it together. You can see only some of the uh, the shading, like around corners.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. Of right, where yeah, but, my
0: right. original stick and poke ink is popping out, just in a couple of places. Yeah. Like that's muddied as fuck.
1: Cool though. But
0: yeah, like um, even that was like a six month process for me. Mm. Like I just kept doing it. I kept refreshing it.
1: Oh, I did this um, in like two hours yeah uh, but i when i when i get weird and depressive i fixate and yeah and that was the month for shitty and, oh what shitty and good whatever the reason is <laughs> yeah. i
0: am happy to say that you uh, are officially the only fan i know of <laughs> with a tattoo uh of the show um, which is fantastic, because if it wasn't gonna be me, it was definitely gonna be where am I at some point. He, yeah. was, he was probably gonna even beat me to doing it. I just don't know what he would have done, but it was there was definitely something that yeah. that he told me he was gestating. Yeah, um,
1: I I didn't even think. In my head at the time of doing the tattoo that I would be showing it to people who I listened to and have bought stickers of, like, yeah, it just didn't even... That was another occur fun... to me. So when yeah. it was actually happening, it was like, oh my god, this is happening.
0: <laughs> I I saw some of my friends' faces actually drop when you showed them that you had a tattoo of the show on your wrist. Like... Mark Rooster, Django Phillips, Strawberry Shortcake—like I will now forever have memories of the three of you guys actually going like, like jaw drop a little bit, eyes wide open, like, wait, you have a, you have a, tattoo of our show, on your on your wrist, and it's not a judgment thing. It's a it's a what? Yeah, yeah. someone likes us that much. So yeah we, uh, yeah, we have that person. I'm
1: even sitting here wearing the Lots of Pastas T-shirt for fuck's sake. Oh hell
0: yeah! <laughs> I thought you were wearing the Where Am I one again. No, 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 no. you got you got the title card on. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I was wearing my Where Am I hoodie when Where Am I turned up. <laughs> that was unintentional. I didn't realize it was. Turned it was really.
0: unintentional, but it was very funny <laughs> because he has the same exact hoodie yeah. for, for himself. <laughs> and I, I knew he was coming over and I didn't want to say anything. I just assumed you were going to keep it on. And luckily the minute he walks through the door, you're the first person he sees. You turn around and go, Hey, and he has no idea who you are. And he goes, Hey, and, and then sees the hoodie, you're yeah, wearing, and I was
1: like, Is, are you this guy? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? i never
0: saying And he's like, line. yeah, I am that guy. <laughs> it was, it was just so good. It was so good. Um, yeah, uh, the interactions that you shared with everyone last night, I know, I know the people, the people who were there and the people that thought about it the most, um, the people who I feel like analyzed it the most, Terry the Tickler, Harold Her- Heavy Hands, um, Punxsutawney Trill, Where Am I, Cannibal Siren, <laughs> you know, Midnight Bride. Yeah. Like, I know, I know all of them, like, recognized it. And internally just went, that's so fucking cool. (laughs) Like, like they were immediately just like, you, you like us, like you like us so much that we were a stop on your trip to the, to the United States. Yeah, We were able to line up a date for you to show up and meet as many of us that have ever actually been in the same place at the same time. Yeah together, um, and the stars just aligned, and I could tell even someone like Cannibal Siren is like... I mean, she's my main, she's my main bitch. Yeah. You know, she's, she's my number one bitch. Yeah. And she, uh, she's recorded a lot of episodes with me, and I know just you being, like, just so enamored (laughs) with being around her, just being like, I love you. I love you. I love listening to you. You are you are hilarious. Yeah. You are fun. Um I know that that goes a long way yeah. for some of these people. And like and that's why I'm like sitting here and I'm like fucking Frowns. <laughs> Fucking Frowns, fucking Sofa King, you know the probably the two most mentioned people that weren't there.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I gotta wear, I gotta wear Scutch McGee, Scutch. If you're listening, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Scutch McGee was called out. Yeah. Um. uh th- those were probably the three people that were called out the most. Mm. You missed Kitty. I'm disappointed in you. She's disappointed in you. No, she's not. But I'm I am I am and it's because you guys need to party with us. Yeah, I'll more. be back. I'll be back. Thanks
1: very much. <laughs> at some point time. at
0: some point Kitty will be back and I hope to have frowns at that time to make your life uh your life's dream come true <laughs> of meeting the gayest man on the planet. <laughs> Of meeting the most dick hungry person I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, and then I hope Sofa King's there because he's just he's funny and always singing little songs.
1: and Sofa he's, King. And he's just a
0: big he's just a big dude that likes to have a good time. And then Scutch, we need to get him away from his kids, man. <laughs> we need to save him from his kids sometime. Yeah. So we'll 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 get him at some point too. Yeah, cool. But. Um, Anyone anyone who wasn't mentioned, I know where you are and what you were doing on Halloween. It's fine. Some of you live across the country. It's understandable. Don't feel bad. It's just Kitty was here and she hung out with all of us and we all got drunk together and it was really fun and you should feel bad for not <laughs> having been there. Um,
1: and sorry for not talking to everybody. I was It was very overwhelming and I drank too much. There
0: were close to... There were definitely over 30 people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Because I was able to get 24 of them to play the game, Mm. and that wasn't everyone.
1: Oh, true, yeah.
0: There was at least, like, eight other people. So I'm going to say we were over 30 people for sure. And for how small my house is, and for how small my setup is, over 30 people is a lot. Mm. There were a lot of people. Um, Yeah, no, it was... It was crazy cool. It was crazy cool. It was, it was one of my favorite experiences.
1: Yeah,
0: thanks um, so much. Uh, t- t- for real. <laughs> you're the one who came this far. I'm I'm just the entertainer.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: just the host. And yeah. and host I did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, fucking and, A you did. And, that was great.
0: And it's, you know, I, there, there are places that I, I would love to go to where I just, I knew someone was going to be there to be like. This whole experience, it's gonna be a lot easier than you think it's gonna be. And I'm just gonna take you around and show you how things are done mm. and we're just gonna do it and it's gonna be great. Yeah. And it's just like okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm just I'm I'm type A that way where I'm like, you've been talking about this for months, if not years. Yeah. And I've just been like, Okay, so how many days are you gonna be around? How many days can yeah. I plant that like And you were just like, hey, don't feel like you, like, have to extrovert your ass off to make this happen. And I was like, you know what? Thanks for that. Yeah. Because... I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna be like, we need to do something every fucking yeah, day. Yeah, we need to go you, out. We need to go yeah. out and fuck every hollow every pumpkin on this street, <laughs> every Halloween store. You need to take a shit in the back and we need to run. Like Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the unofficial, official plan, official, unofficial plan. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciated that and it helped me just, yeah. Finish off this last part. So I'm very grateful but yeah, also, I'm happy just playing it chill.
0: And chill we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got pretty drunk last night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How do
0: you feel about that? Uh... Better now? <laughs> than you did earlier.
1: I'm definitely feeling a lot better now, chat.
0: <laughs> um, we wanna we wanna give a shout out to Deputy Dewey. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're the one who sent her overboard by taking her off the vodka train and putting her on the whiskey bourbon but, train. But
1: also it was I'm here for the experience, so fucking A Deputy Dewey. But yeah, you also got, you shit. got taken
0: to a new level <laughs> there and I don't I don't blame you. For having been taken there. <laughs> um, with that being said, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, but we're go- we're gonna keep this simple. We're gonna jump into a story.
1: I'm honestly just keen to be recording and actually physically being here on the couch and on the in couch. the studio. Yeah, yeah, and my audio with... isn't like weird or yeah.
0: <laughs> I like I like I think it's charming for the people that I record with that aren't here. Mm. That they like sound a certain way.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: for me it's like a different dimension of the show I where over- I'm like
1: I overthink like I can barely get through my own episodes cuz I overthink everything that I say.
0: Well, you you know, you're not the only one who who feels that way. I yeah. think I think even where am I yesterday said like I don't listen to my own episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. It's a neurosis thing. Yeah. Like you just so uh, I'm a narcissist, so I'm I will gladly listen to myself talk as many times as I need to, in order for this to reach where it needs to reach. At the end of the day, mm. um, this this no, it's just I'm I, that was a joke. I'm not actually a narcissist. <laughs> um, my thing is is that I I see this as the product that it can be, and I work up into the point of making sure that it's something that I still enjoy and it's something I can put out there, and that's just the motivation to go back and do it. I don't think that I'm terrible to listen to. I definitely enjoy listening to other people on the show more. My whole thing about reading stories with people is I like hearing them read, Mm. especially the ones who are like good at it. Like the people that are really good at reading like Cannibal Siren, like Django Phillips, just like because they've been on so many episodes, like they have great voices Mm. for this medium. Yeah and it's like tenron otrin just mm-hmm. like great voice for this medium mm. and it's just like i i appreciate that maybe more than i even appreciate any of my bullshit talking mm. um getting to listen to a story like spire in the woods Baraska, and Absolutely. just and just hear how well they're reading it like yeah. That's where I'm blown away. Mm. So hearing, hearing people read like really cool stories to the best of their ability. And like for the most part, your episodes have been great. Mm. So like I, I love reading with you. So we're going to read um, just a single story. We're going to get through in one shot. And I gave I gave you some options. <laughs> and we, we came down to a couple. I think it was just mostly on length. I'm not trying to kill her. With what we're trying to do right now. I wanted to keep it as simple as possible. So it's not very long. It's not a very long story, but um it is an interesting title. Mm. Um, <laughs> how to survive in hell. <laughs>
1: um
0: what made what made you want to go with with hell?
1: Uh I guess it made me think of before I came over here. I was maybe watching too many horror stories of Airbnb experiences for other people, as like naturally,
0: know. right when you're about to travel, you're yeah. like, "I'm gonna get paranoid as yeah. fuck."
1: <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, I I bought things to, as like room safety stuff. The very first like custom officer you know, that I had to chat to when I arrived in American soil, was very serious about very serious situations, and I yeah, I understood, and uh, you know, there's a lot of mental preparation I had to do for coming over here, and the title just made me think of that, but now that I've been here Has it been a
0: disorienting experience at all? Or was Houston just really shitty?
1: Well, yeah that part was disorientating because I'd been awake for so long
0: Yeah, no, that was just a shitty experience. Thanks, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. She came here once and you fucked it. No, but Uh, you you had fun in in Oklahoma City and you had fun in Detroit. So it's like, like, has the entire, like, West Coast across experience hasn't been, like, tough.
1: Not necessarily because I feel like I've taken everything at face value and when something is weird I remark on it I process it and then just you move, move on. on yeah
0: no that's 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 really simple mm. um I feel like that's what I would do if I was in hell <laughs> I'd be like I'd like visually I'd visually like
1: yeah <laughs> I have
0: a furrowed brow right now and I'm looking at the ground and I'm just like well I'm in
1: yeah
0: I'm in hell
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: all right, yeah. and then you just move forward yeah, 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 to like, yeah exactly. Well, this is the new place that I'm now in,
1: yeah, I'm here for the fucking experience, like you know i I would let's figure out at what first this is I was about. flabbergasted about the amount of cheese and sugar that is in the food and trying to get used to it and whole and pumpkin spice everything everywhere. But now that I've been here and gone through experiences and gone through at least like four different states at this point. It's a good it's, like, it's a
0: good serving. Yeah. It's a, you know, four out of 50. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a taste. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, an yeah, appetizer. Yeah. It's just kind of like, okay, there's this amount of sugar in the kombucha. I, I accept this. This is, this is what is happening to my body now. And let's do it.
0: <laughs> Has it run amok on your internal system?
1: It was not as bad as I thought. But also, I haven't tried Taco Bell yet. So... Maybe oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't. Yeah. I as think, much I as think, I love to smell I think the bell don't. I would, maybe I would don't. need a guidebook for that kind of particular hell. But yeah. No, but- I
0: think that's that no, that is that is a ring of hell for sure. The ta- mm-hmm. the Taco Bell shits is yeah. uh, is absolutely Um For me it's like you come over, we, we shove all this like fake shit and, and artificial shit and mm-hmm. like over sugared shit down your throat. I have to ask just like you think you've handled it relatively well. Yeah. Does it explain why all Americans are fat, stupid, and angry all the time?
1: Yeah. It I, really does. I, I overdosed on sugar in Oklahoma, which was my first port of call after the layovers. But um, And then uh, I started detoxing from that big sugar hit and that excitement of trying the new food. And oh boy, I got grumpy. Holy crap, I got real grumpy. (laughs) I had to have a couple more cries. But once my body regulated to the new levels of sugar and and corn syrups and all that stuff, then it got a bit easier. But yeah.
0: Well, no, like I... Let me, let me, I don't eat like this every week. Mm
1: -hmm. I do not
0: have all of that. Oh, yeah. I have maybe one of those meals once a week. Yeah. It's just because you were here that I wanted to show you everything. Mm. For me, it's been quite an experience. Yeah. (laughs) Gastro-wise, as my body gets wrecked every time I eat at those places. Because, because generally I've been... I've been watching what I've been eating. I've been on on like a health journey, quote unquote, Mm. and I've lost some weight and I've been, I've been calorie counting, vegetable eating, like there's a reason people feel the way they feel. And it's so, our bodies are like cars, like you really genuinely have to tune things up and change your oil and like watch what you're putting in because the intake is the outtake Mm -hmm. and like genuinely if all you're doing is chugging red bulls and eating like mcdonald's yeah you will get fucked
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so blessings on your bowels for going through this with me blessings
0: <laughs> i enjoyed i enjoyed every second of it because i loved all of those places yeah um I'm. I am ready to go back to eating like vegetables. Oh and yeah, no. But that's, that's the other
1: thing. I ate fruit and stuff. Had a weird reaction to the different pesticides that are over here. So
0: it's even that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's how been wild! A, it's been an interesting time. For
0: interesting is a fucking understatement. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But you um, and
1: my other hosts have definitely been holding my hand and how to survive in this <laughs> in this new fresh hell that is America. But now that I'm here, I'm like, no, this isn't actually how. And I accept what is happening to my body. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, the how to survive in hell with like parentheses the United States, it's just like take some tums. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. an Advil. That's a new
1: thing to try. Me as well. Try a
0: try a a, a diet pill or, yeah. or not a diet pill like a like a vitamin
1: mm.
0: um for dairy. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a dairy lax. Yeah. Uh, something that makes it easier for body, for your body to process our, our sugared up dairy and cheeses, um, our, our sugared salted meats, (laughs) (laughs) you know, how we fry everything, you know, (laughs) that's, that's how to survive in, in America. So I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Um, we are going to find out, uh, how to survive in hell, however, Mm. Um, I think it's cut into parts. Okay. So we don't have to worry about, like, you see, I'm, I'm seeing all these, like, little bullet points. Mm -hmm. Let's just switch off on every, like, bullet point. It should make it easier to get through, right? Yeah. Because there are all these little spots. Do you want to start? Okay. How to survive in hell. Uh, I grabbed this off of Reddit No Sleep.
1: I woke up in a birthing sack. Panicked and choking on amniotic fluid. Nice. I clawed at the fleshy walls, fighting with all my terrified strength to free myself.
0: That to me, that just sounds like a regular old Monday morning. <laughs> after after drinking too much with my mates.
1: I'm yep, in the birthing yep. sack. Yeah. That, panicked
0: and choking on amniotic fluid. That
1: was me this morning for
0: sure. <laughs> for me it's like it's a little bit more of like the opening to the matrix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with a wet ripping sound I was dumped into the muddy cobbles of the street below twisting my ankle as I landed ouch cold rain blasted my naked body clean of the sex liquid I tried and failed to get to my feet the street was alien to me an insane medley of architecture ranging from the modern modern to the prehistoric the sky above boiled with storm clouds illuminating my surroundings with non-stop flashes of lightning a man walked over to me. His hair was matted with filth, dirt, filth, and <laughs> rain streaked down his mism- Shout <laughs> And the rain streaked down his mismatched leather clothes. He said nothing, just watched me squirm on the floor. "Please," I gasped. "Help me." He answered by slamming a foot down on my oh, face, fuck. breaking my jaw and making my vision reel. He moved onto my limbs, stamping and tugging until he heard the bones snap. What the fuck? Crippled, naked, naked, naked and screaming. There was nothing I could do to defend myself when he started to eat me alive. What the fucking fuck? Whoa! Okay. I mean,
0: that was the welcome I gave you when you came came to Pennsylvania, so.
1: (laughs) Fuck yeah. Sheets is like, sheets is like.
0: Because you wanted to go to Wawa. You were like, I could really do a A Food
1: spaceship. It was like a food spaceship. They
0: literally make anything though. It's wild.
1: That was yeah, that was wild. And yes, I did make it everything too wet. But it was good the next day.
0: (laughs) I I loved that like on the screen to make a wrap, you just kept clicking everything that was there. You asked yourself what sounds good? Yeah. And it was like it was a chicken base (laughs) with with like lettuce topping. Like that's all that's like guaranteed yes. in the in the tortilla shell. Yeah. But you were like, ah, pica de gallo, <laughs> chili, mustard, like you you really just just fucking went all like when it came to the cheese, you were like, ah, fucking cheese. You guys in the cheese. But here you are putting fucking everything on this fucking rod.
1: Okay, I gotta tell you a secret. What was going through my mind at the po- at that point was there are no cats cinematic. <laughs> I was like, we're here, we're doing it.
0: That is hilarious. That's the answer I expected, but I'm glad that you said it.
1: <laughs> All right, <clears throat> right. My introduction to hell wasn't unusual. Very few people survive their first hour, let alone their first night. When they die, they go through the same thing again, emerging from a new birthing sack in another part of the city. Eventually, they'll learn to attack the first person they see, and if they're lucky, they'll be able to kill that person. Jesus. Whoa. What an immediate like, f-
0: like, fight or
1: flight moment. It's like a Matrix hell Yeah. Reprogramming boot camp. It's
0: Matrix that drops you into Jack the Ripper's, like, 1800s London.
1: (laughs) Fuck. Fuck that shit. That's the one rule of hell. The strong take from the weak get used to the idea and you just might make it through the afterlife.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see the Cenobites just come strolling into this <laughs> shit. Just like how's how's everyone doing? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a chain. Your face is gone. Anyone wanna touch my puzzle box? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> They're the eccentric people. Like they have a club.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then on the other side of the street it's the it's the the, the drones from Uh, Clockwork Orange, the the droogs,
1: (laughs) just walking
0: around with fucking canes, beating the shit out of people, (laughs) cod pieces out.
1: Oh, fuck that, no thanks. Um, I'm going to give you a helping hand. Consider this your handbook to hell, a primer on the inferno. Make no mistake, though, I'm not doing this out of the goodness of my heart. When you die, you'll owe me one. Don't worry about trying to find me. I'll guarantee we'll run into each other eventually. Eternity is a long fucking time, so it's a matter of when rather than if. Do as I tell you, and you'll have a better chance than most of avoiding my own nasty introduction to the pit.
0: Welcome to hell! (laughs) Yeah, no, I like the narrative. I like the idea that this dude is just like... uh. We're gonna find out more about him probably as the story goes on because we're gonna be learning through his experience, mm. his or her. Yeah. I feel like it's a him. Mm. Um, and this is gonna be like your guide, your guidebook. Mm. You know, our own little Dante's Inferno, mm. um, which I'm a big fan of the the um, the Divine Comedy. This this kind of experience of reflecting on one's life as they pass through the rings and their their. Just seeing everything All the gates and all of the situations And all the sins mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that we're going to get like a contemporary You know, new age version Of that, which is very cool For, for me to think about because I like when people Stretch that, that fantasy Yeah Some people swear they saw a light at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel When they died To my mind, those people either Hallucinated or they're lying Most of us just wake up in a Birthing sack a few minutes after death the buildings of hell are covered in things, horrible yellow-brown pimples growing out of the brick. I've already mentioned that the first thing you need to do is claw your way out and get ready to fight. This is the real bitch of the situation comes into play, since not everyone has the strength to break through their flesh sacks. You get the body you had just before you died. So let's say you were born a cripple, or you died too young, no. or too old. Tough shit. You're going to have a rough eternity drowning in birthing fluid over and over. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. If you manage to break free of your sack, don't waste time moping around wondering what the fuck happened. Get on your feet and get ready to defend yourself. Chances are good that the first person who sees you will be hungry. There are no plants or animals in hell, so cannibalism is your only option if you don't fancy starving to death and having to start over. Aim to kill the first person you see. It might take a few tries. Most of Hell's residents have been fighting for survival a lot longer than you. They might have armor made from tanned skin, scavenged metal and bone. They'll almost certainly have a shiv, club, or axe. All of that will be useful to you if you can take it from them. The next thing to do is find shelter. It never stops raining in Hell, and pneumonia is a shitty way to die. (laughs) Luckily, you'll have a selection of buildings to choose from ever wanted to live in a rundown victorian manor with half a roof and no furniture how about an egyptian mud brick hovel if people have built it you can find a crumbling version of it in hell pick a building kill the squatters and move in the best houses are the ones that come with a supply of scrap metal and timber not only are these good for making weapons with they're also vital for getting drinkable water i learned the hard way that hell's rain is teeming with disease. It has to be boiled before it's safe. So getting a fire going and something to make a bowl with is a necessity. So, we've killed our first man and found a home. I want, like, the the welcome mat.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: It says, like, live, laugh, love.
1: Yeah.
0: Things are going well. Get that far, and you're going to want to hang on to what you have forever. You won't. Something will kill you eventually, and you will have to start over. My record is a year. If you want to beat that, you need to understand hell, and its denizens. Uh, this kind of sounds like a video game to me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah like yeah. a ga- like it's a gamified like, it's Fortnite. <laughs> you know, it's Fortnite for. Uh, your soul. Yeah. The next section is called the damned. <clears throat>
1: Oh my gosh, I'm very excited for this. Okay.
0: Are you enjoying it? Yes. It is, it is interesting.
1: The people of Hell can be grouped into two categories. The first, the fresh meat, are those who have just climbed out of the birthing sack. It's kill or be killed when it comes to fresh meat, always has been. The newly birthed want clothing and tools and will kill to get hold of them. The second category, the residents, view fresh meat as a quick and easy supply of food, leather, and bone. (laughs) Residents have an easier time of it for sure, and all of them will fight to retain their resident status for as long as they can. Make no mistake though, residents victimise each other just as much as they prey on fresh meat. If you're a woman for instance, well, you better get over any hang-ups that you have about rape. Jesus Christ. That's just a cold
0: <laughs> open. <laughs> That's just a cold open.
1: A woman get raped an elf more than men. It's just a fact. Interesting. If you're not one of those bodybuilders or warrior women, do the smart thing and prostitute yourself for protection. Oof. Self-respect doesn't keep you breathing. Oof. God damn. Remember how you get the the body you had just before you died? Well, that fact forms the core of hell society. The truth of the matter is that throughout history, it's usually been men who die in battle. That means that in Hell, there are a lot of men with young, strong bodies fit for war. Don't like it? Tough. Those are the guys who call the shots. If you can't fight them, you'd better do as they tell you. Uh (laughs) Uh, If you live long enough and fight well enough You might get invited into one of the resident tribes These are groups of people Who band together for the sake of safety And numbers Believe me, being part of a group That makes things a lot easier in hell However, keep in mind That you're only part of the tribe As long as you're a resident Get yourself killed and it's back to being fresh meat
0: Uh huh
1: Tribes offer the closest thing to civilised society You'll find in hell If you're part of a tribe, you have people on your side who probably won't kill you unless shit gets rough. Doesn't sound like much, but that's about as good as it gets. My own survival record was thanks to getting into a tribe. Life was good for a while there. We had about 50 soldiers and plenty of girls to fuck. Mm. Nobody could touch us and the men abided by an honor code. So the usual fear of being stabbed in the back by your friends wasn't too much of an issue. I could have spent my eternity in reasonable comfort, but hell has ways of fucking over a good thing. Human flesh and boiled rainwater doesn't exactly make for a balanced diet, and sooner or later even the strongest resident dies of malnutrition. I did well to last a year on it, though the last few hours were agony. If I believed in God, I'd swear he designed hell in such a way that nobody stays on top of the food chain for long.
0: A lot of that I have a lot of Practical problems with Mm. Just because I feel like There are a lot of like Diseases and Sicknesses and things that happen When you don't cook things The right way or consume things The right way and what your body Actually needs to survive I, I would actually put it up there that scientists put into this situation to decide whether or not this can happen would say that a person couldn't last a year off of human flesh and, and boiled water. Mm. That's actually a little bit hard for me to believe. I would say maybe a couple months.
1: Oh, you think you wouldn't last a year with just Absolutely those? Absolutely not. Oh. Think
0: of all the nutrients your body isn't getting. Like think of, like the. The human body only has so many things to offer a human if they need to consume it. And at the same time, like, think of, like, shit like dysentery and poisoning and, and uncooked meat and stuff like salmonella, you know? Mm. I'm just thinking of the sickness aspect of it. Yeah. Like, how they're not fucking sitting down at stoves and, like, cooking, you know, prime steak. Mm. They're they're most likely just turning things over a pit. Mm-hmm. And hoping that it's cooked enough for them to consume. Like, I don't. I don't assume many of these guys are taking their flesh tartar. You know.
1: <laughs> well, I think it would be maybe a year or longer because I knew I d- used to know someone who would eat rare cooked steak all the time because that's what he thought Satanism was, and. Yes, he eventually got real sick. <laughs> but he, pro- he probably was getting other vitamins and minerals and stuff. That's what I'm saying though. Like but there's yeah. there's
0: you remove yourself from how our system works so much. Part of me is just like you actually do get put into this hellscape where those are the only two things you consume. Yeah. And I'm going to say that's going to that's going to kill you sooner rather than later. Yeah. At least for my assumption.
1: Wow. Dude. Next chapter,
0: The City and the Wasteland. Most of the damned live in Dis, the city of hell. Dis, look at this <laughs> That's where all the fresh meat is born, and considering the size of the place, coupled with short life expectancy, a lot of people will spend eternity without ever setting foot outside of Dis. Outside of Dis. <laughs> Take my advice. Do not leave the city. Things are rough on the streets, it's true, but trust me when I say it gets worse if you try to leave. Dis is surrounded By a wasteland called Gehenna At first glance it doesn't look like much Just an empty expanse of grey stretching out into infinity Sometimes the damned lose that fire in their belly The will to survive and set off wandering into Gehenna Most of them never come back I made the walk myself once a long time ago I don't care how hard you think you are Spend enough time in hell and it starts to break you down I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a good person who never deserved this Nobody can say that and not be a liar I'm not evil, though Or rather, I wasn't Not until I got to hell You murder, you rape, you torture Because you know that they would do the same to you You're murdered, you're raped, and you're tortured Because you know you'll do the same to them Give it long enough And you just don't want to face that anymore And that's when you take the walk Into Gehenna Mm. The first couple of miles I walked Were nothing special The rain stopped after a while And the sludge beneath my feet Gave way to grey ash And I caught my first glimpse Of hell's sky beyond the clouds It's a flat grey With a white sun Completely devoid of beauty or warmth I trudged on While walking through Gehenna, I lost any urge to eat, drink, or sleep. My body started to waste away, but I didn't care. Even when my skin started to peel away and my bones were exposed, I didn't care. The further I walked, the hollower I became in mind, body, and soul. I don't know what would have happened if I kept going. Frankly, I don't want to know some part of me still wanted to live so i turned back i'd walked for days maybe weeks yet when i turned around this was only a few steps away
1: whoa
0: i stepped back into the city and my body fell apart and when i emerged from my birthing sack i swore never to step foot into gehenna again just a nightmare wasteland
1: yeah i was
0: waiting for the sandworm
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come
0: out of, to come out of nowhere yeah that sandworm's a real bitch
1: oh i am disturbed but i am still
0: disturbed <laughs> <laughs> how about this
1: how about uh that?
0: next next part escaping <clears throat> escaping from <clears throat> hell okay
1: there are ways to leave hell that should be obvious otherwise i wouldn't be talking to you would i Sometimes the living get it in their heads that they want to talk with the dead. They get their crystals and scents and spirit boards in the hopes of reaching their loved ones. Most do nothing more than trick themselves into thinking they've made contact. They smile or cry, convince their beloved granny is playing the harp on a cloud somewhere before getting on with their lives. A few have the skill to actually reach us though. They can open a gate between hell and the world of the living that we perceive as a pillar of fire stretching down from the clouds. As soon as one of those pillars shows up, the damned scramble to be the first to get to it. You haven't seen the true nature of man until you've watched thousands of the damned swarming over each other, kicking, biting, and clawing to be the one who escapes. Contacting the dead always results in a bloodbath. Even the most civilized tribes fall apart the instant it becomes clear that the the only one of them can leave. I've left hell twice now, left my body behind and ridden that pillar of fire up into the clouds. Some people believe that you can be possessed by demons. Let me tell you something, demons aren't real. What the living see as demonic possession is just one of the damn testing out their new body. Let's face it, if you fought your way through hell to get back to the world of the living, you're not going to be on your best behaviour for long. Sooner or later we take things too far. Our host dies, or their family cave and recruit an exorcist, then we're fresh out at the birthing sack on the streets again. I'm going to go now. When you get to hell, remember my advice and that you owe me one. Maybe we can form a tribe someday. For the time being, though, I want to see what my new body can do.
0: So that was part one, and apparently this person posted this in a series, so... That was just a random post one day. This person probably didn't know it was going to become a long-form thing. But they eventually came back to it. And that's always really cool to me. Yeah, I like this. Um, this is going to be part two. By now, you should have a good idea of what you can expect from hell. You know, the kill, you know to kill the first person you see when you fight your way out of a birthing sack. And you know to find clothing, tools, shelter. You know that no matter what you do, how well you do it, Someday it's back to being fresh meat This is the biggest city you can imagine Tribes fight and die for territory Taking a wrong turn is a fucking death sentence You'll get a feel for where you should and shouldn't go eventually Develop the kind of street smarts you need to stay a resident for more than a day Even so, there are places in this that you should know about Let's do a little sightseeing tour of hell. Maybe the advance warning will do you some good.
1: Okay,
0: cool. Uh, I'm going to read Skin Street, if Mm -hmm, that's okay, because mm -hmm. I literally got to read a paragraph. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Apparently the first stop on this wonderful expedition is a place called Skin Street. (laughs) Allow me to tell you about the first time I saw Skin Street. I dropped out of my birthing sack onto the road, stood straight back up, and got myself ready to fight. No one was there. Not a single person was out on the street Stretched for miles in either direction So I relaxed and I took a look around Most of the the streets in Dis are Labyrinthine network of buildings You spend most of your stay in hell Paranoid that just looking around the next corner Someone is going to be there to beat you down Skin Street isn't like that It's a single straight line With only the rain and the darkness to hampered visibility I felt more vulnerable there than I felt in any other part of this You ever walked into a wide, empty space and suddenly felt exposed? Yeah, imagine also being naked, unarmed, and in hell Still, I knew what I was supposed to do The first step was to find some clothing And that's where I learned how Skin Street got its name Every building, every busted street lamp and gas lamp was decorated with flayed skin I'd been in hell long enough by that point to not be too freaked out But I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me In a fucked up way, it kind of reminded me of Christmas You know, people hanging wreaths and lights in their houses, that sort of thing I remember the time I'd spent with my family, with my kids on Christmas morning And it's feelings like that that get you killed I pushed them back down, pulled some scraps from the nearest building. If somebody was going to leave clothing material lying around, I might as well take it, right? I didn't know at the time, but every step I took on Skin Street was being watched. When the attack came, I didn't even get a glimpse of the guy. Bang. My skull fractured from an expert swing of a club. Whoever hit me went from my eyes the second I hit the floor, stuck his fingers right into my sockets. I was blind, crying like a baby, When he started to peel away my skin Here's the thing Some people are fucked up even by hell's standards The loners, the serial killers, the stalkers, the psychos All make their way to Skin Street in the end Most of the damned use the whole body of a kill But the Skin Street people like to take trophies They leave their ornaments out as bait for the ignorant skulking in the shadows and waiting for the best moment to ambush. If you find yourself on Skin Street Skin Street, you're going to have to think fast. Forget clothing. Just grab a rock, a piece of wood, anything you can use as a weapon, and stay out of the shadows. Keep checking behind you, and get out of there as quickly as you can. Next chapter Perdition Farms. Holy shit.
1: You're going to be chased in hell. That's unavoidable. At some point you'll stumble into somebody bigger than you or you'll find yourself outnumbered. Forget about a fair fight. If someone can take you down without you fighting back you bet that's what they'll do. It's easy to lose focus when you're running for your life. You can forget to pay attention to your surroundings. That, my friend, is a big mistake. The outskirts of perdition farms are littered with billboards. They promise free food and safety to anybody fucking stupid enough to believe uh, Yep. <laughs> the tribes that fight over that particular territory like to herd people off the streets and into the industrial complex they call home. The good news is that those tribes won't kill you. The bad news is that they're big fans of taking people alive. They've got a project you see, been working on it for as long as I can remember. I couldn't tell you who originally decided that hell should have an organized food production, only that the idea stuck and that, over the years, countless tribes have taken it upon themselves to try and make that dream a reality. Get yourself captured by them and you can look forward to a bit of slave labor. For the most part, the perdition farm tribes try to make use of the birthing pods as a source of food. They force their slaves to harvest them from the walls, grind them up in industrial vats, mix them with blood, body parts, rainwater, and anything else that could conceivably make a broth. The life of a slave is short, brutal, and disgusting, particularly when those slaves are used, then used as guinea pigs for the latest concoction. You see, amniotic fluid can be drunk if you're desperate. Though, drinking too much is guaranteed to make you empty your stomach from every available orifice. Yeah. The flesh of the sacks is a different matter though. I couldn't tell you exactly what the birthing sacs are. Some people say that the actual flesh, while others swear they're more like a fungus. What I do know is that they repair themselves over time. Eat some of their flesh and over the next few days, you'll grow a new birthing sac inside you. It's a small mercy that you won't live long enough to see it break through your skin. You'll be dead shortly after your stomach bursts. That sounds awful. Yeah. If you're lucky. Your days as a slave will end when the tribe d- decides that they want some real meat. They're not stupid enough to test their broth on themselves. Not when there's no so- shortage of slaves in hell. Look, I can't force you to stay out of perdition farms. I can only offer advice. In my opinion, if you think you're being herded there, it's better to take whatever's to hand and cut your own throat. Jesus. I'd take fresh meat status a, couple, a hundred times before spending another day on the farms.
0: That is wild. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> all right perdition
1: farms remember <laughs> i loved that <them>. that's <laughs> hilarious i was
0: i was a second away from saying integrity integrity at perdition farms all right the boneyard that's where i live captain death with my skelly bone friend so maybe you're thinking to yourself hey i'm kind of a nut job who join a cult is there anything in hell for me if that sounds like you the boneyard has you covered you see, there's a certain kind of religious fanatic who really does belong in hell. I'm not talking about the old dears who bake cakes to raise money for the new church roof here. I'm talking about the guys who went to war because God commanded it, who burned women for supposedly consorting with demons, and who saw nothing wrong with fucking the odd kid. When those people go to hell, they're too thick-headed to make sense of what happened. Why face reality when you can just pretend it's all a test of faith? They find like-minded folk in the boneyard. I'm told that at one time the Boneyard was a cathedral surrounded by a cemetery that stretched from horizon to a horizon. And maybe that's true. I don't know. These days it's a shanty town of temples and churches built from materials scavenged from the streets. Everywhere you look you find wild-eyed zealots preaching their own twisted versions of redemption and gangs of masked men on the prowl for fresh converts. Mortification of the flesh is the main pastime in the Boneyard. If you listen to the cacophony of sermons, you'll be informed of how the flesh is wicked and must be purged of sin, and how lucky we are to be given such a holy duty, how fortunate to be given the opportunity to redeem ourselves before God. The people of the Boneyard have had a long time and plenty of fucking practice when it comes to mastering torture and degradation. Like, could you imagine just like the Spanish Inquisition just being like, hey! Yeah. Come on in! Yeah. You know?
1: Fuck's
0: sakes. I'm not a good person. I have killed, raped, cannibalized, but I, I, I can honestly tell you, I'd never been able to dream up some of the shit that goes on oh in the my Boneyard. I wandered in there by accident once never been able to get what i saw out of my brain i watched a woman naked bound forced onto her knees and violated with iron rods a preacher sewed his own eyes and lips shut in front of a crowd before sawing off his manhood with a piece of slate a boy of maybe 14 was publicly crucified a girl was drowned in shit. an older man had sharpened flint pushed under his fingernails i could just list A hundred other atrocities done in the name of redemption Stay away from the boneyard The people there decided that hell just isn't hellish enough for their liking Forget redemption, forget God The only way out of hell is by riding a pillar of fire And taking over a living body Focus on that if you want to escape The damned can't offer you salvation The damned only offer pain this is now this is now part three wow this is so
1: good this is so good i love it i'm sorry i'm moving around a lot oh
0: you do it you do what you gotta do
1: (laughs) i have to leave you soon if i'm to make the most of life on earth i'm afraid i'm gonna have to skip town while i've had plenty to keep myself entertained, this body just isn't suitable for a run in with the police. It's only a matter of time until some nosy neighbour thinks to pick up the phone. With the hum- humidity over the last few days, mummy and daddy are already pretty ripe. Oh, shit. Here's something you have to understand. Hell is a big place. I've given you fair warning about the few of the locations I myself have run into and that will have to do. Even if I wrote a library's worth of novels solely dedicated to mapping out the distinct locations within Dis, I still couldn't tell you everything about the city. What I can do is give you a bit of information about some of the damned.
0: And this was actually going to be my next question. Like, think of the worst fucking people in existence.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking, uh, I've, my mind's been going... Where did you go? Um. Uh, Crap, not... Resident an evil Pyramid Head? Yeah. Pyramid Head and... Um, Silent Hill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you went somewhere cool, because I went, like, where's Hitler?
1: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I went Preacher. Yeah. So in Preacher, when the one kid gets sent to hell unfairly, like... Like, Preacher's God powers, he just says, go to hell, and the kid actually goes there, like, gets teleported there. Mm. And the kid is, like, a nice kid, like, an, like a, a nice guy. Mm. And when he gets there, hell is, like, this prison system. Mm. And he gets put in the same block as Hitler. Right. And everyone, everyone kills Hitler, like, over and over and over again, and he just keeps <sighs> coming back and saying, like, really, do we have to do this? It's really funny, because the actor... The actor is like so well known as this British actor um, who plays Hitler, and he's just fantastic. Um, the main kid being gullible as fuck and being like, "Oh, I'm just in hell. I might as well make some friends." Like, he befriends Hitler because he feels bad for him. Yeah. He's like, "You might have done some terrible things, but you know, like you're in hell, and it's kind of sad that they keep raping and killing you." So you know we could be friends because we're both softies, and he's like, "Would you like to look at my paintings? Would you like to? Read- Would you <laughs> oh, like to- it that Would you like to read my poetry? Like it's really funny." <laughs> but at the it, but at the same time, when they're talking about escaping from hell, mm. he's just immediately he's like. And when I get out of hell, I'm going to finish killing the Jews. No! And, it, and it's just like, he hasn't learned anything. And that's where my head goes with this story. I'm like, where's Ed Gein? Is he just the king of some castle somewhere where all of these cannibals are just like, mm. Ed, we praise you. Yeah. Ed, we pra-. Like, is Jeffrey Dahmer just like, does he have like a club in the Miami section of hell?
1: Right, okay. Where, like, all the
0: gays come and they fucking kill and rape each other. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking, this guy's gonna go in, like, an exuberant direction and probably not go in a non-fiction direction. Mm. But I would want to go in a non-fiction direction. Mm. I would want to be like, yeah, Gacy started up a clown service and he plays parties. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> You guys oh. ever see this one and he just like guts a kid in front of the audience and everyone's like because yeah. <laughs> it's hell
1: yeah yeah know? yeah would they, so that's where my head would goes. they be in charge of their own little domain domains or would they just be receiving the you know t- it's the question times of you know retribution because people
0: know who they are and they yeah. and they know like never to give them a chance because they've they've hunted in their lives like they're mm. gonna hunt it you know, yeah after- that's a afterlife. good point
1: do the hunters yeah hit, run their own thing
0: I'm uh, also ironically if this has been like throughout time and space right I'm also thinking of like where where are like the um the genuine like tribesmen you know like the nomad people of the bc era who really did go around and like kill people Mm. and eat them and shit Mm. would they not just have like top priority domain because they've lived this life in their regular life yeah that now being in hell they're just like hey yeah yeah more of the same yeah (laughs) you know so in in my head you know i keep thinking of the movie um uh bone tomahawk i haven't seen it Really great uh, film. You think there are monsters in this valley hunting these cowboys because it takes place in the Old West. It ends up being Native Americans with a, a tangent for eating people.
1: Oh, fun. Real crazy. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, um, we're going to learn about some of the people to stay away from because we learned the places. He's he's going to give us some pronouns now. And, uh, Taurus, you could take the Slaughter Man.
1: All right. Take a moment to think about all the celebrities you know. Great. How many of them do you reckon would do well in diss? Not many, I'd wager. <laughs> TikTokers. <laughs> I'm <laughs> in hell, <laughs> and here we are.
0: <laughs> gets, gets fucking gutted by someone.
1: I'm sick of this shit. I'm just going to go rebarrass. <laughs> Perhaps, uh, not many, I'd wager. Perhaps none. Fame and fortune on earth doesn't count for shit when you're dead. Very few people are strong enough. I mean, enough and downright psychotic enough to earn a reputation in hell. Those few who have what it takes are people you never want to meet. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh. All right. The Slaughter Man is one of hell's legends. A huge bearded man with filed teeth, bloodshot eyes, and foam on his lips.
0: Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rumour has it that the day he first emerged from a birthing sack, he was unlucky enough to land at the feet of a slaver tribe, while those tribesmen tribesmen chuckled to themselves and readied their clubs and whips, only too happy to take some fresh meat captive. Outnumbered a dozen to one, naked, unarmed and brand new to hell, most people wouldn't stand a chance. If you believe the stories, the slaughter man shrugged off the clubs battering against him and the whips cutting into his flesh as though they were insect bites. He picked up the first slaver, put his hand into the man's mouth and pulled his jaw right off off his skull. He moved on to another, then another, tearing them apart with his bare hands until the survivors turned and fled epic.
0: Pyramid head. You just got pyramid head. For real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. Remember when he just picks up that chick and rips rips her fucking skin off? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody knows for sure who he was in life. Okay, so maybe you were right. Those who did hunt like that, yeah.
0: Do you see the word?
1: Ah, oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I've heard stories though. The most popular one being that he was the berserker of Stamford Bridge. Supposedly, a single Viking held up the English army single-handed. It didn't matter that he could never win, that he was outnumbered, that his enemies had better weapons and armor. He stood on that bridge and he fought. By the time he was brought down, he'd killed no less than forty men. I don't know how any true, how true any of this is. I've never seen the slaughter man for myself and I don't fucking want to. What I can tell you for sure is that people don't become legendary legendary in hell without good reason. I guess that the only one who knows the truth is the slaughter man himself, and he isn't saying anything. Since the day he arrived in hell, he's only spoken once. The freeing slavers heard it as the slaughter man tore their tribe apart. Naked, bloody, and surrounded by corpses, the slaughtermen looked up to the storm-wrecked sky and bellowed a single word. Valhalla!
0: That's what I'm saying, though. Like, that was totally, like, Thor. Like, Mm. who, who, like, Thor is based off of, like, Mm. the original Viking king who, Mm. like, fucking stood there and fought every battle because he just could. Yeah. And he was great at it. Like, that's the person to be afraid of. Yeah. In this situation. Yeah. Um this next term is cool because these are popular like people, you know, th- ghost stories about these story uh, in in media like supernatural, you know, it's hellhounds.
1: Yeah. I I mean, hellhounds. I've heard a bit about them, but since coming over here, I've I've met some people with a genuine concern for them. And I it's didn't It's supposed to be this
0: like that. death knell, this thing that follows you, this really bad omen that it's just like constantly attacking you on like a psychic yeah. level.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's it's really interesting. The the physical manifestations of it are are funny, of course. I'm thinking about the movie like Bye Bye Man or like the TV show Supernatural. Mm. I'm just like yeah. Hellhounds could be really lame. Yeah. But let's see what let's see what way they go. Hmm. How about a little story? I wasn't new to hell. I'd made myself some clothes in a wooden club, found shelter, had a big slab of meat roasting over a campfire. The only thing I didn't have was a tribe. The area I'd been birthed in seemed slummy, even for dis. All half collapsed hobbles and mud huts. Iron was scarce, barely enough to make myself a water bowl. All in all, not a good spot for a tribe. My plan was simple enough. I had a decent meal, carved myself a shiv uh, or two in case I lost my club, then find somewhere more or less dry to sleep. After that, I'd set off to look for a tribe. Even the mildest tribal initiations result in a few scars, maybe a broken nose, so I wanted to be as well-rested as I could be. Sleep in hell is both vital and dangerous. There's a knack to finding somewhere that's simultaneously sheltered, hidden, and with access to an escape route. Even then, you never get more than a few hours at a time. In hell, the slightest suspicious noise would scare the shit out of you. A low, throaty growl definitely counts as a suspicious noise i leapt out of my impromptu nest of skins and wood raised my club and returned to the growl with one of my own a woman had crept into my building and was staring at me with dilated pupils she looked to be in a bad way skinny naked covered in weeping sores her lips peeled back to reveal broken jagged teeth It took me all of a second to size her up She'd been living rough for a few days, maybe weeks Judging from her protruding ribs, bloated stomach She was well on her way to dying of starvation So, she was weak, hungry, didn't even have a weapon I've already eaten, I said, relaxing a little and giving my club a few practice swings No sense in letting you go to waste, though I took a step towards her, and she bolted just turned right around scampered away in a strange kind of animal gait, goblin mode (laughs) i took off after her certain that i could outpace her even if there wasn't much meat on her bones can still be useful and i chased her through a few streets struggling to keep my footing on the muddy ground and when i finally got close enough to swing my club she stopped dead the suddenness of it caught me off guard and i tripped over her losing my club as i fell She howled in triumph A sound that was echoed By a dozen of other throats That day I learned two things About hellhounds The people who lose their minds and become Little more than beasts after enduring Centuries in hell Firstly, they have a necessary Animal cunning to hunt as a pack Secondly Human teeth and fingernails Are perfectly capable Of ripping flesh from the bone
1: (gasps) Holy. I was going to
0: say it's a trap. Yeah. I was going to say it's a trap the minute she scampered because mm. I was like, dude, like don't. It's a it's a ploy yeah. like you send the tiny one that looks easy to overcome into the pit and you you have it come out to be ambushed.
1: Yeah. Holy
0: fuck. The next one is the surgeons. Okay.
1: Modern doctors really thrive in hell academia and reliance on technology don't leave you in the best state to endure the endless violence and brutality. There are exceptions, though. The people who learned to sew their friends back together amid the machine gun fire of the Somme? Yeah. Shamans, witch doctors, and holy men who endured famine and warfare. Survivalists who knew how to cauterize their own wounds in the middle of a forest. Fuckin' eh? those who are some of the people who might just be strong enough to ply their trade to the damned
0: yo bear grills down there just fucking owning shit
1: wow okay after all working knowledge of basic medicine is just one of those things that's beyond a lot of the meatheads roaming this most of hell's surgeons find a tribe as soon as they're able to their tools might be crude but as soon but they soon learn to make do Flint, slate, and shards of glass serve as their scalpels. They make thread from human hair and needles from slivers of iron. Whenever a member of a tribe has an infected sore, a surgeon will be the one to drain the pus. A tribal surgeon could well save your life, but they'll do it without anesthetic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, some things you can't get at the grocery store in
1: hell. Yeah. Then there are the Freelance Surgeons, the people who try to go it alone. They make themselves uniform, the theory being that the damned will recognize them if they all look alike. Okay, still needing some semblance of order in yeah. hell. Hey,
0: don't fucking kill me, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor here. I killed 32 people, but I am still have still my certificate.
1: It doesn't really work, but then right. you can't expect much logic from logic from people who have lost count of how many times they've died right okay i'm just trying to
0: continue my practice
1: (laughs) for one thing fashions change over time i'm told that freelancers wore headdresses and bone necklaces at one point makes sense the current trend is to mimic venetian plague doctors (laughs) by donning a beaked mask and wearing a long coat of fire blackened skin that's cool yeah that's pretty badass Freelancers are rare, very rare in fact. You'll see thousands of the damned for every freelance surgeon you come across. When you do come across one, be fucking careful! Firstly, surgeons don't get a free pass in hell. The damned are more likely to attack a freelancer than they are to barter their tools, clothes or slaves in exchange for services. You can't be certain if the man in the bird mask and black coat is a surgeon or somebody who murdered a surgeon (laughs) and took his clothes. Perhaps they made the outfit themselves in order to draw the weak and the wounded close. Advertising doesn't always work as intended in this.
0: Here's Here's the test. How many years were you in medical school and how much debt did you go into because of it? If they immediately get pissed off, they're actually surgeons. Yep, yeah. They're actually doctors. If they're confused or otherwise don't understand the question, kill them because they're posers. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> if the freelancer turns out to be genuine, that doesn't give you an excuse to drop your guard freelance surgeons aren't usually the most stable people. Put another way, freelancers are usually sadistic fucking psychopaths. Sure, they might stitch you back together and send you on your way. They might also decide it would be more interesting if they stitched you to somebody else. <laughs> they might think... Human <laughs> <you>? <laughs> <laughs> the walrus. Oh my god, that reminds me. My new uh, thing for ATM is ass mouth. I just gotta go around the corner to an to mouth. Um, they might think paying an arm and leg for their service should be taken literally. Yeah. They might want to turn out to be some wannabe serial killer who's yet to find their way to Skin Street. For each freelancer trying to do a tough job in a tougher place, there are a dozen or so manglees who want to try out their toys on somebody too injured to fight back. Stick with your tribe surgeon if you're lucky enough to have one failing that learn to patch up your own wounds trust me if you're able to read you've already got the intellectual advantage over a lot of hell's residents. universal education is pretty recent freelancers aren't worth the risk
0: it's interesting mm. that's interesting yeah for sure
1: Fuck. cambians
0: i don't actually know what this word means but i've heard it before mm. do you know what a no, cambian is never heard of All it right. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm just going to read it. I'll be honest with you here. I don't know if cambians actually exist. What I'm going to tell you is something that somebody else told me. It's up to you to decide if it's true or not. Personally, I really fucking hope it isn't. People rape one another in hell. It happens a lot. If you're strong enough, it'll happen a lot. If you're not strong enough, it'll happen to you a lot. The good news for the ladies out there is the damned men fire blanks. You almost never get impregnated i say almost never because if you believe the stories there's an incredibly slim chance that a couple of those little swimmers will be awake and looking for an egg oh yes a little antichrist little damien do this for you (laughs) damien just to put this in a little rosemary's baby Yeah, yeah just to put this in perspective we're talking conjoined twins levels of unlikeliness here and that's just conception Hmm. the chances of a pregnant woman surviving the full nine months in hell are probably conjoined triplets level of unlikely Hmm. you're talking about a perfect storm of beating the odds here but this is eternity A monkey randomly mashing keys on a typewriter will eventually produce the complete works of Shakespeare if it goes on for eternity. The result of that perfect storm of those monkeys and their typewriters is a cambion, a child conceived and born in hell.
1: No way! I'm not
0: saying they exist, okay? I'm saying I've met somebody who swears it's true and that he's seen a cambion himself. Well, you see babies in their birthing sacks from time to time. Usually, it's just a body. Occasionally, you see one drowning. But most of the time, you just ignore them. They won't survive a day on the streets. And even if you can afford to devote your full attention to them, it's better to let them go. It's only the really fucked up people who cut through the sacks. And, uh... Yeah, I'm not going to finish that thought. Getting sidetracked. I don't know. I think I think you should finish that thought. Because in the movie Snowpiercer, Chris Evans is, is like ready to tell you that he's eaten babies before and it's really fucked up
1: oh shit
0: so the cambion who may or may not have existed apparently looked like a normal child it cried it shit, it sucked its mother's tits just like a regular baby would the mother was a part of a tribe and they'd just been able to protect her throughout her pregnancy couldn't tell you why curiosity perhaps when it was born the whole tribe gathered around to have a look among them was the man who told me this story, someone I'd meet years later and eventually kill. This man cut the baby's cord, lifted up to his face. Every man in the tribe had raped the mother at one point or another, and he wanted to see if the child looked to anything like him. The Cambion looked like a normal child, in every way but one. Its eyes were dead, lifeless, like a doll's. Sure, the kid was alive, it wriggled, it cried like a normal baby. Those eyes were wide open, though... And not scrunched clothes like a newborn's eyes should be. Wide open, empty doll's eyes. If that story is true, I don't blame the tribe for killing the child. Something like that really shouldn't exist. All right, I'm done. I have to go. (laughs) This is the point where people like to have things nicely tied up. A few dragons slain, a few maidens saved. At the very least, you could expect that some kind of moral lesson to think over. I think that in this case, that sort of thing is missing the point. There are no dragons to slay. There are no morals to learn. We do not live happily ever after. There's no grand revelation, no clever twist, no purpose, no redemption, no hope. There's only eternity among our own kind.
1: Part four. Whoa. Holy shit. Epic. Okay. Hello. Sorry. It's been a long time. Oh, fun fact. He, he,
0: she, whoever, wonderful, talented writer, wrote the first three parts in the same, like, time span and then left it alone for, like, years. Oh, shit. So part four is different.
1: Okay. Hello, it's been a long time. The last body I had in the living world didn't cope too well and my mind driving it. It's sometimes hard to remember that the lessons you learn aren't in hell aren't a good fit for the civilized world. When murder is just a normal part of existence, you tend to keep doing it out of habit. <laughs> the inevitable result is either death or exorcism and a trip back to the city of Dis. Safe to say, I got a bit carried away the last time I was here. (laughs) After my last taste of freedom, I knew that I had to get back out of this. My existence ever since I squandered my last host has been utterly dedicated to fighting my way back to a pillar of fire. I had to escape this. After what I've seen, I had to escape. This new body seems a little more durable than the last one. Now that I'm back, shall we take another trip into hell? And continue with this one?
0: Yeah, the, f- the Phlegethon Swamp.
1: Alright.
0: Greek. Phlegethon. Oh. Interesting. Okay.
1: It rains in hell. It rains all the fucking time and that water has to go somewhere. Most of it drains out into Gehenna where it sinks into the otherworldly ash and apparently disappears. The rest flows either into the sewers... I said that very Britishly, into the sewers beneath the city. (laughs) Into the sewers beneath the city, or it collects into Phlegethon Swamp. Mm -hmm. Remember how it's a bad idea to drink the rainwater in hell without boiling it? Well, Phlegethon's water will kill you, no matter what you do with it. Even letting the stuff touch your skin can be deadly. You see, the swamp isn't just filled with disease and rot, it's also brimming with chemical waste. One pool might simply be undrinkable But another might dissolve your flesh Fun! That keeps it so much more fun and interesting Fresh and (laughs) and interesting If you're mad enough to travel to Phlegethon Or unlucky enough to be born there Your odds of survival are slim Phlegethon's waters are inky black And it's impossible to tell just how deep a pool is by looking It could be an inch or it could be a mile You never know or
0: You n- you or never
1: not. know whether or not your next footfall will plunge you into the cloying abyss. Worse still, there are places where the sewers gradually drain the water and create unseen vortices capable of dragging down even the strongest of the damned.
0: Theory. Mm. That might be the most pleasant way to die here.
1: I've heard that... I've
0: heard drowning is like this peaceful return to the womb kind of experience. I don't like thinking about it, but they say that, that there's a peacefulness to just kind of clonking out. Mm. Over being eaten, raped, killed, used as cattle. Mm. I might, I'm going to disagree with narrator here and say every time I wake up, I'm fucking dead sprinting for the Flagghethan Swamps <laughs> and just, just fucking can't cannonballs <laughs> just fucking jumping in there just over and because over. whether it pulls me down, whether it burns me mm. to, to 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 my bones and kills me that way, mm. sounds better than most of the shit that's been mentioned.
1: Ah, oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have to agree with you. I probably because I take risks. I'd probably go and experiment with other areas, but yeah.
0: no i mean just after an eternity i think i'd spend 30 or 40 years fucking (laughs) jumping into a pool and instead fucking calling it you know oh
1: shit okay um to navigate the swamp you're better off using the crumbled buildings as stepping stones the corrosive water causes wooden supports to wither and collapse so there's plenty of debris lying around to stand on even so, if you don't take it slow and keep your balance, it's easy to slip and subject yourself to a fucking agonizing death. Fair enough. Last but not least are the wildfires. Hmm. These are the reason that even the most insane tribes don't try to establish a permanent stronghold in Phlegethon's swamp. All that chemical waste and decaying matter makes the swamp extremely volatile. A lightning strike or buildup of gases can result in an immense... In immense explosions that ignite Phlegethon's surface for miles around. Wow. Okay, that sounds bad. Wildfires move fast. I guarantee that you won't outrun one.
0: Cockatiss. I guess this guy got really Greek <laughs> as, it went, oh, okay. as it went on. Yeah. Cockatiss. The first time you see Cockatiss, you could be forgiven for thinking you'd reached the very edge of this the pit is dozens of miles wide and several times as deep at some point in the dim and distant past a fragile alliance of tribes put their slaves to work digging a quarry why they did this is lost to time but many believe it was an attempt to escape Dis to dig to China perhaps those tribes hoped that if they dug far enough they'd eventually tunnel their way out of hell in my view The more likely answer is that the tribes were looking for resources, and if that's true, then the excavation process was a success. Miles below the surface, beneath the rock and dirt, there are caverns filled with veins of iron and copper, so far underground and sheltered from the relentless fucking rain that it's far easier to create a fire hot enough to smelt ore. The value of such a position wasn't lost on the tribes, and that alliance soon showed... Just how brittle it was, and after a short but savage burst of treachery, the initial settlers of Cactus all but wiped themselves out Since then, the pit has been settled and mined countless times Coordinated efforts from various tribes have transformed the quarry into an abyss So far, these alliances have always been broken sooner or later Cockatiss has many paths in its depths, and the lower you go, the more labyrinthine the pit becomes. The sprawling caverns shelter entire shanty towns and crude smelting facilities. Some are abandoned, others have been lost to cave yet there are still plenty of tribes who fight, join forces, and betray one another over the precious ore veins. By this point, you have to go pretty fucking deep to find an untapped vein, and this is where Cockatiss becomes truly deadly. Anybody who thought they might be able to tunnel out of hell would be sorely disappointed once they learned what lies in the depths. In all these years, after digging for so many miles, not one person has run into some sort of some magical portal leading out of this. They also haven't run into magma for that matter. Instead, the deeper you go, the colder Cockatus becomes. I've never been able to get to the very bottom myself I'm told that down there the air is cold enough To freeze your blood and shatter your skin Maybe that's true I could always certainly believe believe it On the rare occasions I've been to Cocytus, I've always had to turn back once the walls Became more ice than rock And narrow walkways become death traps If you have The numbers to do it Cocytus is still A valuable place to settle just remember that When That when hunger cold and greed are your constant companions none of the damned can be trusted and i have a feeling that this is the last entry but you know i could always keep an eye out and see if this author came up with anything else mm, okay. you're gonna read the pale witch the
1: pale witch i've told you about the slaughter man previously but hell has other legendary figures each with their own sobri- sobric sobriques sobriquets
0: yeah i don't i don't know what that means
1: each with their own sobriquets mate the, <laughs> the ripper the grim doctor the tyrant and many more i, I so jack
0: and probably mangala and then hitler
1: yes yes maybe yes yeah yeah, i reckon
0: i wish they'd just say who they were <laughs> <laughs> so that i but know. would know it wouldn't
1: be as poetic uh The the Ripper, the Grim Doctor, the Tyrant, and many more. So far, I've encountered one of these figures. During my last stay in Hell, I came across the Pale Witch. As is always the case with legends, the truth about the Pale Witch tends to get lost amid the superstition. I've heard plenty of theories as to what she is. The Pale Witch is a Striga Striga. who has power of the evil eye. Hmm. The Pale Witch is a Gorgon whose gaze turns her victims to stone. Now you're mixing two things together. <laughs>
0: a Striga is a very specific thing, and then a Gorgon is another thing. Yeah. Hmm. The same Medusa.
1: Hmm.
0: Don't you... You take your Pale Witch ass and get out of here, and you give Medusa her, her goods. Anyway.
1: Hmm yeah and now that, n- that and think. now
0: she's another thing read the next sentence yeah
1: the pa- <laughs> the pale witch is a succubus who entraps the minds of those who wishes she to she wishes to consume oh okay, okay. the next okay. line all of that is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> all of
0: that is bullshit. great
1: <laughs> i've seen the pale witch and i know the truth about her when i first saw her i didn't realize who i was looking at she was naked and locked in combat with an armed resident so i just took her for fresh meat Here's a tip for you. If you see a resident fighting fresh meat, kill both of them while they're distracted. That's so unfair. I planned to do exactly that, but something about the fight seemed off. Residents usually have the upper hand in a fight against fresh meat, and this particular bout definitely seemed about as one-sided as it gets. She was naked, whereas he was clad in leather and bone. She was unarmed, whereas he had a club. She was wifeish. wayfish Wayfish. whereas whereas he was huge despite him having the advantage the resident was clearly terrified of her Hmm. the rules of hell dictated that he should have cracked her skull taken her skin and eaten her flesh but that just wasn't happening not today (laughs) he was uncoordinated and apparently desperate to escape every swing he took was clumsy and the blows he did manage to land on her didn't seem to have any effect I could only stare as this naked, vulnerable woman took the residence club from his unresisting hand and swung it at his knee. I'm accustomed to the sound of bones breaking by now, but this time the noise caught me off guard. How the fuck was this happening? He brought the club down, she brought the club down on his other knee, then his elbows, then his ankles, and then his shoulders. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. she left him broken and screaming on the floor she could have finished him off with a blow to the head stolen his clothing and taken her rightful place as a resident that's how hell works those are the rules i've learned through bloody trial and error that is not what happened rather than kill him she sat down beside him in the mud and took, <laughs> took his hand in hers <laughs> i actually thought she was going to console him until she started breaking his fingers <laughs> one by one she snapped the fingers on both his hands with a calmness that made no sense to me i love her i love her already aspirations (laughs) torture is common in hell but there's always a purpose behind it the people in skin street do it out of sadism and the people in the boneyard do it for their insane purification rituals this woman did it without emotion and without reason I honestly don't know if she even understood that she was hurting him. I don't think her mind works the same way as ours. Eventually, the resident lost consciousness. A man can only take so much pain before the shock gets him. Surely now she'd be satisfied? Surely she'd take his clothes and restore hell's order? Nope. She stood up, tilted her head slightly, and uttered a noise for the first time. It wasn't a victory cry, nor was it even a sigh of relief. Instead, the sound she made was nothing more than a faintly b- bemused hmm. It was as if she couldn't comprehend why her plaything hadn't stopped had stopped moving. She stood up and stepped away from him, apparently content to leave him alive, unconscious, and crippled on the ground. She kept his club but didn't take his clothing. The cold and the rain didn't seem to bother her. <laughs> What's that thing from Let It Go? Rain doesn't bother me. Oh no, the cold Cold doesn't doesn't bother me anyway. The pain doesn't bother me anyway. Then she looked at me. In that instant, I knew I was looking at the Pale Witch. I looked into her eyes and I couldn't fucking move. I understood what she was straight away and the sheer terror of it froze me. The Pale Witch isn't a Striga. She isn't a Gorgon and she isn't a Succubus. The Pearl Witch is a cambion! Woo! It's hard to put into words exactly how paralysing the sight of a cambion is. That perfectly serene face and those dead staring eyes Hmm. just don't belong on a body that's otherwise human. It was looking into the face of a mannequin and knowing that it's looking back at you. Hmm? that noise again that kind of detached curiosity shouldn't exist in the world of a predator and prey might makes right survival of the fittest nobody in the city of dis has any right to make that noise she took an awkward step towards me and i saw that her right leg was broken it seemed that her fight with the resident had injured her after all she just didn't notice it She tried to walk normally, completely unaware that one of her legs had an extra joint. I don't care how tough you are, nobody should be able to put their full weight on a broken leg without even wincing. Hmm? She stepped closer, her zombie shuffle steadily closing the gap between us as I stared at her. She raised her club and my survival instincts finally kicked into gear. Her transfixing spell broke just enough for me to stumble backwards and avoid her swing. I ran. I ran from a woman with a broken leg and I'm not even ashamed of it. Looking back on my experience, there are some things I just can't comprehend. The pale witch is a cambion. I'm certain of it. She was born in hell and hell is all she's ever known. She also looked to be about 30 years old. That just shouldn't be possible. No baby survives long in this. Even if they had a tribe to protect them, there just isn't enough nourishment for an infant to grow into a toddler, let alone an adult. The pale witch is walking Im- is a walking impossibility. Her existence is a defiance of all reason. I would endure every torture the people of Skin Street and the Boneyard could conceive of if it meant I would never have to look into her eyes again.
0: And that's where the guidebook ends. And I, and I want to say a couple things, right? All right. So, cool ending. This is obviously someone who wrote something earlier on and then took like a creative writing class somewhere a couple years later and then decided, I'm going to go back. I'm going to just spice this up. I'm going to do another entry. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be better written than the others. It's going to, you know, actually tell a story, whatever. What have you. I'm okay with that. But when you start to, like, evolve things this way, it really does make me say, like, well, then how can you say that, like, demons don't exist in this territory? Like, you're telling me that these are just people, but now you're getting into this kind of, like, no, really, there's something supernatural going on. Like, there's there's a boundary that gets grayed or, or contorted from humanity to monster. mm So, like, don't tell me that demons don't exist. There's absolutely someone walking around with, like, a crown made of bones claiming to be the fucking, like, Lucifer. Mm. Like, you just know there is. Yeah. And what's worse is, does he or does he not have powers and does that matter, like, to the system at all, you know? So, I think there's interesting directions to take this story. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out and see if Mm. this person adds any more that we can catch up on. But I wouldn't hold my breath. It seems like this person was just in it for, like, these little snapshots. Yeah. Which works for what we wanted here today. The pacing was great. I felt you read very well. Oh, chat. Um, I liked reading it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I had fun. That was good. And it felt like they had fun just, like, flexing some weird, uh, sadistic, creative bone that they had over time. For with sure. those entries. For sure. Yeah.
0: Is there anything that you wanted to see or that you'd like to see out of this? How do you mean? Just like how I would love for it to take like a supernatural turn and for there to actually be like devils and demons and a hierarchy, you know, a system.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to kind of play off that Cambian that was definitely an interesting turning point for for me, anyway. Because
0: up to to this point, they've just said, like, the legends are just humans that are good at killing. But this is, like, this is them saying, like, nah, this thing was beyond...
1: Mm, yeah. This thing
0: exists outside of the realm of understanding.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, It made me think of, uh... Um... Humanity in general, and uh, other media like, um, some movie that Robin Bull no not Robert Williams.
0: I mean, what dreams may come. <sighs> yeah, that one, that one, yeah. that one,
1: that one, and yeah. um. Oh, see now my brain's not going to work, and I'm. I'm thinking up, of was... like
0: Constantine.
1: Constantine,
0: yeah. When Keanu Reeves taps into that underworld and he's like just surrounded by souls just clamoring over one another.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's um the idea of having a a hellborn child and, and making it that long just Adds it and a fun twist. <laughs> oh, it's, to a the layers of, it's a spiciness. It's a spiciness. It sure. breaks up, helps break up the brutalness in the repetitive, rep- repetitive violence images that were given earlier. I don't,
0: I don't buy the repetitive violence either. Like, I think there have to be so many more systems. Like, there's a, there's a reason things exist a certain way. Like, I really do mean like, you can't just say all the religious people just go to the boneyard like. I'm sure there's, like, eight different boneyards with eight different focuses and eight different cults and eight different religions. Like, I'm sure there's, like, a fucking just room full of, like, Saudi that are just, like, pissed off as hell that they didn't get their 99 virgins. Yeah. You know? And they're just horny and angry. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, across the street, like I said earlier, is the Spanish Inquisition just fucking poking people with sticks and being like, this is fun. Yeah. You know, like... I, it's a lot more complex than what this person is saying and I, but I like how simple they made the storytelling. Like yeah. it's a mechanism. It's yeah. a plot. It's a plot tool. Like yeah. it's a plot device. Yeah, yeah. So and it was original. You know, what I'll say is it's original that it didn't tip into the nonfiction. It didn't tip into uh, religion or myth or fantasy.
1: Yeah.
0: It very much said like Nah, like I'm going to go as I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to say when you die you literally get mm. dropped into this fucking overworld and it's awful and people kill each other to survive and that's it.
1: Yeah, this upside down Matrix thing. <laughs> Game of
0: gamified Fortnite in hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Fortnite in hell sounds like Fortnite. Yeah. So it's hellish to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a wonderful episode. Um thank you for celebrating what will be like our like 7 year anniversary for for this episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. Uh, cause it's coming out in November. So yeah. November, I believe we started in November of 2017 or 20 2016 somewhere in there. So yeah. Um give or take a year in between there I'm just gonna i go with the higher number because i'm I'm getting old and I feel it yeah. in my in my bone yard so uh thank you uh Taurus filth AKA kitty for coming and having a great time and recording and doing the thing
1: yeah, Kia ora, my friend thanks for having me and getting me wasted and yeah have, uh... feeding
0: you all the cheese. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah just being my the last guide on the last bit of my I, I did I
0: did her well, folks. I gave her some creepy pasta to take home. Fucking egg. I literally gave her a <laughs> box of Devane's Cheddar Goblin from the movie Mandy. <laughs> so, uh, I probably wouldn't eat it, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it it is real. Yeah. It is. There is the manufactured shitty craft like right. powdered cheese in there. Yeah. That you add water and you boil the noodles and you mix everything together. I have six boxes up there. Well, now <laughs> now five boxes up there yeah. on that shelf, and because I did a pack of eight. Oh yeah. When the movie was launched, because it was like a kickstart it was like a thing to help with production for the movie. Yeah, cool. It's like oh, like help support our movie, and you could buy some actual Cheddar Goblin, and I was like fuck yeah, and I got the Funko as well. Yeah. And I had cool. eight boxes and I, I forget who I gave the first box to, but I absolutely gave a box to Scotch McGee. Yeah. Who just has it at his house now. Um I haven't eaten any of them. I don't recommend <laughs> eating any of them. They've been sitting there for years. Yeah. The movie came out in 2018. <laughs> like, don't yeah. eat it. It's yeah, just yeah, fun. Yeah.
1: No, it's cool. show
0: show the people if they ask about it. Show them the actual clip from the movie yeah. with with the puppet because it's all fake.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it was made for the movie of the puppet throwing. No, up I the, fucking the love it. As, on the as kid's soon house. as
1: I saw it in the suitcase, my my brain did like a kill bill. <laughs> really ooh, ooh, flashback ooh, the lighting
0: and yeah do, wow. da, 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 da. no but I gave her creepy pasta to go so don't worry she's she's going back home with something there's <laughs> something to share other than Yako's um any final any final statements
1: um uh, fucking, what a whole fucking town of creepy pasta and creepy people and creepy experiences. I had Hell such yeah. a good time. Fuck yeah. I'll be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. And yeah, uh, go get lots of pasta merch. <laughs> 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 Compete with me on items to have.
0: Get yourself tattooed, you piece <laughs> of
1: shit. <laughs>